This is the Jocko Underground Podcast with Echo Charles sitting across from me at the table of woe here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, little something called Hofstetter's Law, which is a law, it's a theory created by Douglas Hofstadter, who is a Pulitzer Prize nonfiction winning author. He's a scholar of physics and cognitive science, and he made this law. And what, what, I, what I kind of liked about this law is a little bit of a joke, mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. He even named it after himself, which is kind of kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's if you if you yeah. find something or discover something, and other people, yeah. you know, designate it. But when you're just like, hey, this is my yeah. law. In yeah. uh, basically, the the law is that things take a lot longer than you think they're going to. Mm-hmm. And so well, the way he describes it is it always takes longer than you expect even when you take into account Hofstadter's law. That's like, that's mm-hmm. the law itself. So yeah. even when you know it's going to take longer, which is Hofstadter's law, it's yeah. still going to take you longer than that. Mm-hmm. So things are going to take longer than we expect them to take. And we have to plan for that. And he originally, he originally used this I believe around explaining why it was taking chess computers so long to beat humans. They kept saying, "Oh, humans are going to be beat by the by computers and chess, you know, in a year." Mm. And then it was like, "Well, not quite a year, of uh, 5 years." It ended up taking, de- you know, a couple decades before computers could legitimately beat humans in chess. So there was some there was like a little bit of a reference to computer programming which which got me into reading about another Rule which is called the 90 90 rule which comes directly from computer programming and it says I think you'll appreciate this one the first 90% of code accounts for the first 90% of development time the remaining 10% of code accounts for the other 90% of development time so 90 plus 90 is 180, so it's gonna take you 180% of time to get the thing done. Uh, and what's what I found interesting about that is, and I thought that I thought that you would appreciate this as well, this means that big prog- progress is made kinda early, mm-hmm. but it takes a lot of effort to continue to improve. So when we think about lifting, right, you get yep. someone in the lifting out of the gate, they're making the gains. It's called newbie gains. Right, by the newbie way. gains. Yeah. And, but those final touches, I mean, to go from like a bench press of 135 to 250, like people can make up that pretty quick, mm. you know, because they just never worked out. You know, then all of a sudden they get to that. But then when they get to 250, it takes a while to get them to two. 75 and then they get to 300 and then they get to like 315 three wheels right three wheels all day yeah but to go from for someone that's like that's a good bench they go from three wheels to go to like 340 it might take them six months maybe even longer so so it it applies there you know it's like uh also you don't you don't really do any of your own like home building or projects, do you? Yeah, like fixing stuff, but not building, no. Yeah, really. so this is another thing where like when you build your house mm-hmm. or you remodel your kitchen or you add a room onto your house, which I've done all these things, mm-hmm. 
that last like bit of trim and stuff. Dude, yeah, it's just yeah. so, it's, it's like it's, they say like the the carpenter's house is never complete because he yeah. gets once it gets lit moved in it. He's like I'm not doing that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, but this is why you know I've been talking about lately that extreme ownership leadership loop of like what you need to think about when you're making a decision and I put time at the top mm-hmm. and the reason I put time at the top is because it's the one thing we can't really you can't manipulate you can't control it at all now what we can control is what we do we can control how we can get ahead we can prepare ourselves and be ready ahead of the power curve but it's you don't have any control over time so you got to think about it now this is the other thing um, what you and I were just talking about, the big moves, right? The big moves come in the beginning. However, that being said, this is Jocko's rule. <laughs> just kidding. But another thing to think about is the big moves come, but you actually have to start. And probably the biggest, hardest move in any project, in any endeavor, is the first step. The first time you go to jujitsu is the hardest time you'll ever go to jiu-jitsu, right? Mm-hmm. The first time you ever go to jiu-jitsu is probably gonna be the hardest time you ever have to go to jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. The first time you go to the gym is probably gonna be the hardest time you'll ever have to go to the gym. And maybe maybe it's like, oh, the first two weeks, right? The, mm-hmm. the, all those two weeks, it's like you're getting in the habit. Mm-hmm. First time you go in the cold tub, yeah. it gets easier. Cold tub gets easier. I'm cold right now. I went. I got out of the cold tub a couple hours ago, yeah. and I'm still cold right now. Yeah, that's real. I turned off. I I, I turned off the AC in our space here because yeah. I'm freezing. I understand. <laughs> it is cold in here too. Yeah, it is cold in here, and I was in a cold tub and brought my core temperature down to whatever. <laughs> um. So, these are good things to think about. See, this is what's. Y- 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 I I use this example like if you go into my house and I tell you I'm gonna scare you I'm not gonna be able to scare you Mm. awareness yeah just awareness is makes you so much more prepared and makes you be able to contend with things so much better so by being aware of the fact that number one the first step is the hardest step you should be aware of that Mm -hmm. and if you know that you're like all right I'm gonna have to like go harder right now I have to put more effort because I need to go to the gym I haven't worked out before or my first day of fasting, it's gonna be so hard. You gotta know that it's gonna be hard. And if you're mentally prepared for that, it's gonna be better for you. Uh, I had a really good conversation. Um, I think it was also at camp. I was talking to Jonathan and Anne. They have a first in nutrition. Montgomery? Yeah, yeah, the Montgomery team. And they were talking, so they, they help people with nutrition, right? And yeah, first in nutrition. And as we were talking, you know, they, they what they tell people, or one of their taglines is, you can eat anything, but you can't eat everything. Oh, <laughs> which is, which yeah. makes sense, right? So if you really love pizza, okay, we can put it on your schedule or your plan, but, you know, here's what you're gonna have to sacrifice. Yeah. Here's what you can't, if you're gonna have pizza, you can't have, and you. And by the way, having pizza doesn't mean having three quarters of a freaking pie, right? Dude. Having pizza, you can have it, but you're gonna have 
a slice and you're yeah. only gonna have it on Wednesdays or whatever. Yeah. So you can have anything, but you can't have everything. Okay, cool. So that was the first part. But then they, what, what I related to was, you know, they were like, you know, talking about how much you can eat of something. And I started recognizing that the expectations that you have play a huge part. And here's how I know this for a fact. Mm. What's your favorite dessert to eat? Me? Yeah. Uh, either uh, homemade chocolate chip cookies or chocolate cake. Okay, let's go with chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. And let's say you're eating, no, no, we'll go with cake. Mm-hmm. So you're eating your cake. Sure. And I roll in, you've got a big, a slice of cake, right? Yeah. And I go, bro, that looks really good. Can I have a bite? Sure. Will you give me a bite? I would give you a bite, yes. Okay, so, and how would you feel? But you have the, you've taken two bites of your cake. Mm-hmm. I roll in, I go, can I have a bite? Mm-hmm. You say yes. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Fine. Fine, okay, now check this out. You're down to your last, there's one more bite. Oh, yeah, yeah. I roll in, mm-hmm. and I say, oh, can I have that bite? You may still give it to me, but how do you feel about it? You don't feel good. This has happened to me 10,000 times in my life, right? (laughs) 10,000 times where people, you know, you get to your last piece of steak or you get to your last piece of dessert or you got one more like freaking cookie left in the bag of those like little cookies that are bite size. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what happens is what I realized that feeling comes from the expectation. Mm. Because when there's one bite left, you're excited about having the last bite. You already ate the whole freaking piece of cake. Yeah. But it's in your head that you got one more bite. Yeah. And so when I set that expectation on you, mm-hmm. you you got issues, dude. Like I'm like, hey, dude, give me the I. Well, or sorry, when I take that expectation from you, yeah. it's gonna hurt you. Yeah. And it pisses you off. So my point in saying this is, from like an eating perspective, if you go, oh, I'm only gonna have one slice of pizza. That's all I get. Mm-hmm. And you set that expectation early enough, then you go, okay, cool. Yeah. As opposed to thinking, I'm gonna eat as much of this pizza as I want, and then someone tells you, no, you can only have one piece. You gotta set the expectation earlier. Mm-hmm. And if you know this, it's gonna make it easier for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying about these things. If you know that that first step is gonna be the hardest, you can prepare for it. And if you understand Hofstadter's rule, and you know that this is gonna take longer than we planned, that's gonna help you as well. We also have the BTF Tony rule. Mm-hmm. The BTF Tony rule, everything takes a half an hour. <laughs> you know, everything's, everything's gonna take a half an hour. Mm. Because, oh, oh, hey, we're just gonna get the vehicles loaded. It'll only take five minutes. Someone will literally say, it'll only take us 10 minutes to load the vehicles. Mm. He's like, no, it's gonna take a half an hour. Put a half an hour on the schedule. Mm. And sure enough, how long does it take? takes 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna stop for we're gonna stop for a a quick resupply at the 7-Eleven on our way to the desert training facility. Okay, let's just add 5 minutes. Mm-hmm. Dude, you take 40 guys in a task unit into 7-Eleven, <laughs> it's a half an hour. Everything mm-hmm. takes a half an hour. Mm-hmm. So that's like BTF Tony's Hofstadter rule. Everything takes a half an hour. And um but if you know that, if you understand it, if you know that you're gonna make a big progress early and then that progress is gonna taper, that's good to know as well. And you know you're gonna have to work harder to make the gains. Yeah. You should know that going in. 
So there you go. It's weird how that concept kind of applies to like physical things and psychological things. Totally. You know? Like the yeah the gains thing the jujitsu knowledge thing you know how like jujitsu you learn so many moves and, yeah. and then freaking after a while you're just bro I'm like I'm learning how to time my butterfly guard sweep by a millisecond yeah. better you know kind of a thing yeah and, and it then, makes a big difference though yep. that millisecond um, so pay attention to time pay attention to where you're at let's yep. just pay attention all right what you do ever got? watch a co- uh, cocktail. Old school Tom Cruise. Oh, uh, I don't think I saw it. No. Yeah, that was a good one. Man. Oh, that was a quote good one. Yeah. I mean, f- first of all, coming from you, that means it has no value <laughs> whatsoever because you like Demolition Man. So, <laughs> wow, that was a good one in a different way. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Wasn't Demolition Man like a complete like uh, box office flop? I don't know. I don't think so. You don't care. You don't you're, care. At yeah, all. you're just you. You just know it was quality from your perspective. It was. It was. I would say it was nearing on 100% acceptance in my <laughs> brain. Demolition Man? Oh, man. <laughs> Crazy. Cocktail, there's a guy named Douglas Coughlin. I think it's Douglas. But anyway, his last name is Coughlin. So he would come up with Coughlin's Law, and he'd have uh-huh. a bunch of them, and he'd just spout them out randomly throughout the video. That was pretty good. Throughout the video? Or through the, the movie. movie. Sorry, yeah. Uh, is like, this the character that Tom Cruise plays? No. Okay. His, Did his you remember friend. any of this dude's laws? Uh, well, yeah. One of them was Let's like one. Coughlin's. He, but he would say it, though. He'd be like, Coughlin's Law, bury the dead because they stink up the place. Something like that. So that basic, was, that's the one you remember? Yeah. He said a few other ones, too. But he would, Why is um, that good? I got, what was the context of that one? He killed himself, and that was on his suicide note. So that was at the end. So wow, that's depressing. I know, but because there was a, there <laughs> I was thought a, it was supposed to be funny. There, no, no, no. It was a uh, yeah. There's somewhere funny, somewhere cool, somewhere like oh yeah, because they're witty bartenders, right? Mm-hmm. All this stuff. So he'd give all these little life advices in his laws, right? And then he'd be like Coglin's law, and he's like yeah, and then he says something, and he says that it's himself. So throughout the movie, he'd be like Coglin's law, and it'd be this little life tip, mm-hmm. right? So at the end, he was like. Not to say he was a fraud or nothing, but he was trying to make like he was this massive success with this you know yeah. new wife that was successful, all this stuff, and then his suicide note said like, "My ship isn't coming in; it's going down" or something like this, right? So in the suicide note, it started off with Coglin's Law: bury the dead because they stink up the place. Meaning like, get I'm gone, get over it, because mm-hmm. if you don't get over it, like it's just gonna stink mm-hmm. up your whole world or whatever kind of a thing. So they were always pretty good laws, I thought. We'll have to. Maybe we can review them. Take a note. We'll review Coglin's laws oh, yeah, from yeah. the movie Cocktail. Cocktail. So that's that's. Uh, did you when you saw that movie? Were you kind of into it because you were sort of in the scene and yes. the nightclub scene, yeah. bartenders, bouncers, yeah, the whole thing. That's literally the reason I pursued what because I never just saw it. I don't think I ever really just saw it. Norm like mm-hmm. prior naturally. to yeah. So, but when I became a bartender, I was like, oh wait, where are you a bartender? Yeah, where? In Hawaii, oh, it was a bar back here. Yeah, but it was weird because in funny not in Hawaii, you don't seem like you'd be. No offense, <laughs> none taken. <laughs> you don't seem like you'd be a great bartender, <laughs> dude. You move way too slow. Like a bartender's yep. got to be a high energy yeah, person. You're correct. Yeah. That's like, hey, what can I get you? You know, yeah, like that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So, you don't yeah. seem like you have an ounce of that in you. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I, bro, how's this? So, some people are gonna 
remember <laughs> if if they even. So I I worked at a place called World Cafe on Oahu. Uh-huh. It's in Honolulu. It's called World Cafe, big huge club, but mm-hmm. it was a bad club. Like the, some of the drug dealers would go there, yeah. and like it, it was kind of a bad club. And I was a bouncer, so I was like, man, the bartenders. I see them; they're making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm just making bouncer money, which at that time wasn't that good. So I was like, okay, um, let me, how do I become a bartender? <laughs> like, I don't want to be a bartender. I pour drinks. So yeah. I looked into it and it's like this process. You got to be a bar back for years, like a year, two years, whatever Jeez. at that place too, because everyone has different systems. And then you get a shift at bartender, like one shift a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bad. that's like way too long. Like I'm like, so I look up bartending schools, like academies, you know, and I'll take the academy and I'll be an automatic bartender. I don't got to do all this process or whatever. So I do it. So I went through the bartending academy. How, where, in Hawaii? Yeah. Back How in long the day. was it? Uh, like, I don't know, two weeks or something. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's not like I... Did they test you out? It wasn't a bachelor's Did degree. they test you out? Were we on the stopwatch for making a martini? Uh, I forget what the test was. A lot of knowledge. There's actually a lot of knowledge that goes into like strawberry daiquiri. Go different drinks, right? <laughs> yeah. Something well, did like they that. do that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, the, yeah, they give you a whole order. Yeah, yeah. Oh, at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. So then, did this get you the the, the gig? It did. So it did get you the gig. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, it was there's some finagling on my part too. So I went in and I had a good relationship with the owners, mm-hmm. and. I went in, I was like, hey, I want to be a bartender. I went through the academy and I knew um, I knew how to like flip uh, like cups and stuff, oh, okay. you know, like do the flip stuff. Yeah. I had always did that too when I was little and stuff. And they're, they're like, oh, really? That, oh, and they're really impressed with that idea. They didn't see me do it, but they were impressed with that idea. And, um, and I kept on it, kept on it with the owner. Wait, kept on it for Like, weeks? hey, I want to be a bartender. Yeah, yeah, for, oh, okay. I would say like, yeah, probably a few months maybe. Mm-hmm. I want to be a bartender. You know, I'm, I went to the cat. I'm, I'm bar- you know, if you ever need me for the shift, I'm down. This is what I want to do, whatever. And and finally, they straight up gave me a shift, not at bar back, bartender. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I didn't know. I thought like, hey, it's cool, right? All the bartenders were mad at me. Oh hell yeah! In fact, were. one girl bartender who I don't think she really liked me from the beginning, but whatever. She goes, um, she's like, oh how shame! Like in Hawaii, when they say shame, that means like embarrassing, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh how shame! You went to the bartending academy. Pissed at me, not even looking at me, just loud talking to me. Oh, you went to the bartending academy? How shame! How shame! And I was like, oh, f- what? Is this girl for real mad at me? And she was. <laughs> I was like, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so yes, at that time I started watching cocktail because okay, they do all kinds of tricks in cocktail. How long did you too. last as a bartender for? Oh, until I left. Uh, actually, probably like a few months. <laughs> <laughs> and then I slowly did see my shifts shifting back to the d- the bouncer. Did they? Because uh, I wasn't an awesome bartender. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, so I, my prediction was correct. Yeah, I I don't think it was necessarily. You'd be my a good bartender. You'd be a good bartender in like a kind of like a beachside, like you know where there's not a bunch of people in there. Yeah. You know, maybe you have to serve one drink every, let's say, like. <laughs> 20 minutes, minutes yeah. to a half an hour. Yeah. You can kind of get that done. Yes. <laughs> You're right. But, but it wasn't like, my attitude, though, or work uh, ethic. It was more my lack of knowledge. It's really what it was. And the I was bartending just academy slow back wasn't there. really. It helped for sure. It got a good, it gives you a good jump start, but you have to work behind the bar. That's the thing. It's like any thing where, like, the experience. What were you having a hard time with? Just the whole workflow. 
you know, uh-huh. they take an order and you got to remember the order and you're on the spot and they're waiting there. It's loud. Other bartenders are working along with you and, and it, it, there's like a system. It's like mm-hmm. a flow back there and each bar is different and you, you really got to be used to that to make it. Otherwise, you're kind of in the way half the time, you know, mm-hmm. it's like that kind. You're taking too long over here. Meanwhile, this guy's waiting for the, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. But it did help with knowledge. Yeah. Well, I think maybe this is a good job for you, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Just press record. Pressing record is more my speed for sure. Yes. All right. Let's get into some Q&A. All right. First question. Hi, Jock. I'm 16 years old and live in the small town of Silverton, Oregon. Also currently studying to be a firefighter paramedic. I was wondering if you could give me some advice on keeping disciplined, calm and focus, focused when faced with an emergency situation. I figured if anyone would know. You would know best. P.S. I ordered one of your shirts, and it's literally the best <laughs> piece of clothing I've ever purchased for lifting weights and training. Get some. All right. Uh, I, I definitely talk about this in leadership strategy and tactics. What, what you're talking about is is being getting the ability, learning the ability to detach, take a step back. So these are literal things. You ask them, want to know what to do? What do you do? Some advice on staying calm and focused when facing an emergency situation, take a literal step back away from the situation so you can look at it. Look around, not just at the one thing that's right in front of you, not at the one patient that you see that's right in front of you, but look around at everything. Take a breath to slow your breathing down. And this is stuff when when Andrew Huberman was on the podcast, I discussed how these things work and then he discussed how they work. Open, opening up your field of vision calms you down. When you get a narrow field of vision, when you focus on one thing, you're gonna get hyped up. Short breathing hypes you up and makes you get hyper-focused in a negative way. So we wanna slow down our breathing, we wanna take a step back, we wanna look around. You might wanna start talking to yourself, talking yourself through situations. So when we learn to shoot, when we start shooting fast, not really when we learn to shoot, but eventually when we learn to shoot and you shoot fast, you give yourself, a lot of guys will make like a little, little ditty. I don't know if that's a word that civilians use, but it's like a little ditty. It's like a little song or a little thing that you're playing in your head of, you know, um, fast to the holster, thumb out, you know, turn 90, present, front sight, focus, trigger, squeeze, let it, so you can have this, and you'll say it to your, you know, you basically say it to yourself. Mm. So when you're in a situation like this, like you say, okay, you can take a step back and you can literally ask yourself, okay, what is my biggest priority right now? Mm. What are the problems that I'm facing? That's could be your number one question. What okay, what are problems am I facing? I got a car accident, I got a person that's bleeding, and I got a vehicle in the middle of the road. Okay, what's my biggest priority? Right? You can talk yourself through that. And then you can say, okay, my biggest priority is that this person is bleeding profusely, and if I don't get a tourniquet on them, they might die. Okay. I'm gonna handle that right now. So boom. You can talk yourself that, and then you go, okay, what's my next biggest priority? My next biggest priority is, you know, whatever the next biggest priority is. So, the, what we're talking about here, and it's in extreme ownership, it's in the dichotomy of leadership, it's in leadership strategy and tactics, what we're talking about is prioritize and execute, the third law of combat leadership. And in order to be able to do that well, you have to be able to detach, which like I said, I talk about leadership strategy and tactics, and I talk through taking a step back, looking around, taking a breath. And these, that is a skill. 
It's not something you're born with, it's a skill. And the reason I know it's a skill is I used to see guys learn it. When I was putting guys through SEAL training, I would see them learn it. I would see them like first just panic and freak out and you go, know, hey man, take a step back, look around, detach, don't, don't get all focused on one thing. And you could teach them to do that. But the skill, just like any other skill, takes practice. And what you have to do when you, when you practice is you have to put yourself in situations that are where there's a lot going on. Uh, hey, jujitsu will calm, will, you'll start to calm down. If you're used to get, having someone trying to choke you and having to figure out what to do in that situation, you, when you first start doing jujitsu, you're freaking out, mm-hmm. right? You're freaking out. You're going totally insane. And then over time, you go, oh, I got to calm down. I got to think about what my defense is. Archery. There's, there's a big part of archery and shooting in general that's called target panic. It's called target panic. When you're looking at the target, you start freaking out. And you blow your shot because you're, you're panicking. So you got to learn to detach and let the go through the protocol. Run your ditty. Hunting. Surfing. Scuba diving. Paintball. Just do things that put you in pressure situations and you focus on while you're doing these behaviors, focus on actually detaching. See what that feels like. And when you practice detaching when you're doing jujitsu and you practice detaching when you're doing archery and you practice detaching when you're scuba diving and you practice detaching when you're doing paintball, you will get better at it. You will get better at detaching. And then you will be able to do it more effectively when you start becoming an actual paramedic. Now, a firefighter paramedic, when you're a new guy, you're not going to be great at it. And, and over time, you'll get better and better. But when you start with some level of detachment capability, it's going to make it easier for you to get good at it quicker. So there you go. Keep getting after it, man. Yeah, Diddy's a term. Okay, Diddy. cool. There's actually a song called Diddy. Okay. About Diddy, doing a Diddy, whatever. It's like there a chant, go. right? Almost like a chant song-ish yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like a little cool. Diddy. Jocko and Echo. I'm a longtime listener. and have been on the path since the beginning of the underground. I'm dating a girl that I really like, but find myself comparing myself to her past relationships. When I'm around her, I constant, I'm constantly thinking of this. And I have a hard time enjoying our time together. I know this is wrong of me, and it's most likely due to my insecurities. How can I move on from this and stop the comparing? Thanks for all you do. All right. So check this out. Number one, she's with you. Mm -hmm. right? So this this is a real big deal. She's not with some other dude. She's not with another dude. She's not with another dude. She's not with any of these other dudes that she was with before. She's with you now. So number one, that should indicate to you to stop comparing yourself to these other dudes, which is basically what you're doing. Because you're saying you're comparing her, myself to her past relationships. You're comparing yourself to other dudes. The other dudes aren't around. You are. So you're, you're in the winner's circle, bro. Now, if you're thinking about this, she knows it. I regret to inform you, she knows it. And you say in here that 
it's because of your insecurities. And you know what? You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. So you have some insecurities. So what do you want to do is you want to get more secure. Get more confident in yourself. Okay? Now, am I going to say, hey, just get more confident, get more secure? All right, next question. No, because that's not really going to help you. But I'm going to help you. You will become more secure and more confident if you have more discipline in your life. I know that might sound like some weird Jocko, like, oh, weird Jocko says this. No, I'm telling you right now. If you have discipline, then you start putting in hard work. Because it takes discipline to do hard work. That means you start lifting weights. It means you start working out. It means you improve your diet. It means you go for runs. It means you sprint. It means you get on the rower. It means you have discipline. And you start getting in better physical shape. And that helps your confidence. And then you get a job. or Hopefully you already have a job, but at your job you start working hard. You have the discipline to work hard in your job. And you start kind of kicking ass in your job. And when you kick ass in your job, you get promoted. And when you get promoted, you make more money. And when you have more money, you're going to be a little bit more confident. So it's going to help you. And while you're doing all this, guess what else you start doing? You start doing jujitsu. Oh, there's another job. Oh, Jocko's freaking lame or whatever. He thinks everything's just. No, I'm, I'm telling you right now, just start doing jujitsu. Start learning how to fight. Because when you think about these other dudes that used to go out with your current girlfriend, and you probably in some way currently think they could probably kick your ass. That's not a good feeling. Hey, am I being super primal right now? Maybe. But I'm telling you the truth about what's happening. (laughs) So start doing jujitsu. Learn how to fight. Take some boxing. Start, start boxing. Go to a jujitsu. Go to a mixed martial arts academy. Go to start training jujitsu. You start realizing, oh, these guys that I think I like could kick my ass. All of a sudden, you say, oh, what are those guys? Is that arrogant? A little bit. But what I'm telling you to do is become better. And if you become better, you become more confident. And then you're not going to be so insecure. Okay, so that's like phase one. All right. And by the way, you might think that this is like a four year plan. It's actually not a four year plan. This is a four day plan. Like you will start feeling the the effects of this in four days. You wake up, you be disciplined, you work out, you go start training jujitsu, you clean up your diet. You're going to in four days, you're going to feel you're going to feel like a better human and you're going to be a little less insecure about these dudes. Now, all that being said. After all that, if in your mind she could be with some one of these other guys or there could be another guy out there that could be better for her, better than you, good for her. She should go. She should go. If you, if there's some other dude that you're like comparing yourself to, and that guy wants to be with your girl and he's better than you. He's a better score for the girl that you're with right now. She should go with him. Right? 
you didn't you, you you weren't good enough for her. So she said, "Oh, this other guy has more, so I'm going to roll with this other guy mm-hmm. who's stronger, smarter, has a better job, more confident, like all those things that we just talked about." Mm-hmm. Then so so that's okay. But you shouldn't be insecure about it because if you care about her, guess what? If I care about my girl and she has the opportunity to be someone that's superior to me, I should let her go. And you know what I should do? I should get better. Now, imagine the kind of confidence you have to have to be able to say that. I'm trying to imagine it, but that's a lot. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. It means that you don't have to be jealous at all. Because you're like, oh, if you find someone better than me, you should go with them. That's what you should do. That's how much I care about you. That I'm willing to put you ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? There will be someone will come along that's more suitable to me. And that's okay. This is the way you kind of have to adjust your brain. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're chasing. And by, and by the way, there's like the little, the little strange, little reverse psychology thing that's going on, right? When you're like, hey, if when you say to your girl, hey, if you find someone better than me, you should go with them. Guess what? They're like, damn, this guy's confident. He's so confident that he's just like, hey, Mm -hmm. go ahead. And when that, if the if and when that happens, which I guess it could, then you will find someone that actually appreciates you for who you are and where you're at. And then you try and become a better person for that new female that rolled into your life. Someone that's more compatible with you and it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be better for you. And you'll find someone that's uh, worth keeping. And to me, this is how you'll get over this head game that you're in with yourself. I don't know, uh, Echo Charles, You, I don't know, your expression on your face is is interesting right now. Yeah, well, I, you're right, I think. Okay. I guess it's more like um, it. it's critical and important to know that this mentally is going to be super hard. This is not easy. Yeah. No. Discipline was the number one thing I said. Yeah. Because it's not easy to do. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah, that's that's true. Like if you, because if you're insecure to begin with, um, and you know the mental game is super wiggly, where you can have a black belt in jujitsu and be boxing, do you can do all this stuff yeah. and still be a very insecure oh, person, totally, you know? Totally, so it's yeah. like it's wiggly, man. If if other guys like are threatening to you and you're like a jealous person or or insecure in that way, like with other guys, like. Yeah, it feels like it could be based on just so many things, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I'm I'm just basing it on, um, and it's not like, it's not like surface. Uh, hey, if you're big and you're strong, then you have all this confidence. It's right. definitely not saying I'm. Uh, if it sounded like I'm saying that, I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to say. Because yeah. you're 100 percent right. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are just totally jacked and the reason that they're jacked is because they're totally insecure yeah actually there's some i mean i i'm I'm listening to certain people say this um with some credibility where yeah that's usually the driver especially if they're like 
weird, like really big <laughs> oh. <laughs> guys. It's driven from an insecurity mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, yeah, 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 I, I think so. Uh, what I'm saying is like be ready for like a, a challenge with this if that's the challenge, just because it's mental, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, yeah, oh, just, yeah. B- just put on some weight, um, you know. Learn to fight, and then the rest will fall in place. It's like now you guys, there's going to be some mental work to yeah. be done. Yeah, well, no, that's. I mean, just the, the equally cr- equally important thing is like get a job, work hard, do well in your in your arena, yeah, in your chosen arena, get promoted, yeah, like all these things. Now, listen, if you just have some weird latent I- insecurity. Mm-hmm. I still think that the right thing to do is these things. But you also, and that's why I think the real, like the checkmate on this thing, the checkmate on this whole list is like, hey, if you, my girlfriend, current girlfriend, find someone that's better than me, you should go with them. Yeah, yeah. you can play yourself though a little bit. Have you ever said that to a girl before? No. I have. Yeah, that sounds like something you might say. But uh, I mean, this was when I was younger and like, you know, single, wasn't married. But, you know, I, I like would have a girlfriend and, and be like, you know, I remember having a conversation with a girl. I was like, don't you ever get jealous? And I was, I was like, no, if you can find someone better than me, you should go with them. That's yeah. what I would do if I were you. Yeah. And and man, that's that's pretty gangster for sure. Um, but I would you, when I say you can play yourself, mm-hmm. I think sometimes, and I'm not saying you, I think you kind of, I mean, apparently, I didn't know you your whole life, obviously, but you in apparently have had this internal, like, security, the opposite of, like, mm-hmm. insecurity, like, this internal stability in that way where everything else is just sort of a, becomes a result of a result of a result of that, you mm-hmm. know? That's kind of like one of the core deals in your head. But not everyone's like that. So let's say this. Let's say this as an example, as something to avoid, in this case, doing all the right things. So he's insecure about other guys. Mm -hmm. He's going to get in shape if he's not already. He's going to start jujitsu if he's not already. Maybe some boxing as well if he's not already, you know, and down the line. Get a better job. Make more money. Mm -hmm. Study. Read. Study. I should have put that in there. Like, read. Get smarter. All that stuff, right? But now, let's let's say he's on the path he's well into it actually mm-hmm. he's a blue belt in everything now mm-hmm. he started as a no belt no belt he's a blue belt maybe purple let's say they're watching tv and i don't know the raw i don't know past relationships right let's say the uh, this guy they see him i don't know they see him at the swap meet or something an insecure person who's still a little bit insecure might say eh, i could kick that guy's ass he'll say it oh i make more money than that guy you know like so literally verbalize verbalize that? it exactly right which is weak very weak, yeah. but when you're insecure, yet you still have all these things going yeah. for you, that might still shine through is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So you can play yourself. And then if you cap it off with, eh, if, if you think he's better than me, you should go. And she's like, bro, I think I think he is. <laughs> fucking, you won't shut the fuck up kind of a thing. So I'm saying you can play yourself with that if you handle it kind of the wrong way, if that insecurity is still there. Yeah, you know? so I guess it boils down to intent, right? Mm-hmm. If you're saying this, to prove to her that yeah. you don't care, then yeah. she's gonna smell that too. Yes, she can smell so you that. Got, you gotta literally, I mean, that's what I said. I said, you know, you gotta, f- if she finds someone that's better than you, you gotta be like, hey, you should go with that dude. Yeah. You gotta be confident with it. Like, I'm not saying like you say that as a trick. Yeah. I'm saying you should feel that way. If you care about her, yeah. hey, she, she meets some guy that's way better than you, cool. 
Cool. You should go with him. And I'll, I'll be over here trying to get better. So the focus would be to... And then she's also got to look, though, because, you know, the guy that's quote unquote better than you are. Well, what kind of weird ego freaking trip is that guy on? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. It's all part of the big picture for sure. (laughs) But as far as what he can do, here's the thing. If he's insecure, if someone's insecure, Mm -hmm. if I'm insecure. Didn't you say you were insecure about one thing at some point? Yeah. Was it on this podcast? No, it was not on this podcast. Okay, that was yeah. a private conversation <laughs> that we had, uh, you know, when no one was around. <laughs> um, but <it's laughs> I can't remember what it was. Good, damn it. Good, good. Um, the People are going to want to know that I one. know, I know. <laughs> if, <laughs> if he's insecure about uh, something still, uh-huh. I think two things. I think, like, I think he can make him say things and do the wrong things even though he's doing the right things. And, yes. And yeah. on the inverse, if he works on the insecurity part, even by doing – because there's certain things you can do to actually work on the insecurity part. And this is going to sound weird, but if you really focus on it, this will help. Just don't say anything. So you do this really naturally where – it, let's say, you I know what's know. weird is just so just FYI of everything I've said so far, not one time did I say, oh, I, I didn't say say anything about you. I said, yes. hey, if you find someone better, you go with them. That's fine. Yes, yes, yes. So that's the one thing which yep. could be a questionable move because it's gonna it might sound like you say a little bit arrogant. But I cut you off. Go ahead. If if in fact you're doing arrogant things to lead up to that, yeah. or or along with that or whatever, or that's, if you don't really mean it, yeah, that's the big. Oh one. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, if it's just this facade, like you, you know, like oh, I make more money than that guy. Oh, you should go there. You know, if it's part of that kind of presentation, but if you don't say, let's say you start lifting weights, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff that we said, don't bring it up every possible moment because that makes you look insecure. Totally right. So, and let's face it, a lot of times when we first start doing jujitsu, a lot of us anyway, we like to talk about that stuff. <laughs> face, so just watch out. So a little exercise you can do is never talk about it. Just do it. You know, the saying, don't talk about it, be about it. Yep. Like the rule is you cannot talk about it. I think that'll help you. Yeah, that, that, that will definitely help you. And then eventually you'll get used to just not talking about it and just only internalizing the internal value of all these things. And then you slowly mm-hmm. become more secure. That's what it feels like. Anyway. You know, when Stoner got married, um, I gave like a speech. It was a real small wedding, but sure. and it was impromptu. Like I didn't know he was getting married until the freaking morning of. Oh dang! Okay. And then uh, me and Thor drove up to attend. But so I like, I was like, "Well, what am I going to talk about?" And when uh, I said, "Hey, you know, for me, like the things that made me," and I, I the term that I used was like the things that I felt made me become a man. But really what it was, the things that made me feel like secure sure, yeah. was learning how to fight, learning jujitsu, learning how to fight. That was number one. Because all of a sudden you don't have anything to prove. You're not trying to like act like a tough guy anymore because you kind of, you know, you actually know, yeah. hey, unless this person is a professional UFC fighter, I'm probably going to beat their ass. And which means I don't have anything to prove. I don't have to walk around and act tough and like put my chest out. You're just chilling. You're just cruising. So that was number one. Number two was going to combat, which I know is not everyone's going to get the opportunity to do, but what that meant was like, oh, in tough situations, I wasn't scared, wasn't scared to die, like whatever. I'm going to not freak out. I was mm-hmm. calm. So you can figure that out from some other 
things in life. Mm-hmm. And the last one was like getting married and having kids. Because now, well, you got people that are relying on you and you got like a girl, so you're not trying to impress some other girl and you only pr- trying to impress one girl. Yeah. And really, once you're married, you're not trying to impress them. You're just trying to like do better as a human. Mm-hmm. So I feel like those things are sort of what I was talking about here. I didn't really include like getting in shape because I was always kind of in shape, you know? Yeah. Uh, or I should rephrase that and say that was never like an out, I was never a person that you'd look at and go, that guy doesn't seem like he's right. in shape. Yeah. But I think if I, at some point I wasn't in shape, that would have been part of it too. Yeah. And you know, the, the weird thing is like, how is everything that I'm saying just sounds like, oh, this big, uh, like shallow, right? Like everything like, oh, you work out, learn how to fight, and make money. Like those are like some of the most shallow sort of traits or pursuits that people can have, right? If it is in and of itself doing it for shallow reasons, Mm. yeah, but which can be the case, you know? You you want, what, you want big muscles to flex on the beach? Okay, a little bit shallow, but Mm. get in shape to be more capable, healthy, and yeah. maybe uh, you know attractive Echo to the with people. The win right there. Just, yeah. I like it. You know, it, it, yeah, it you want to fight. Sense. You want to learn how to fight so you can bully people, or you want to learn how to fight so you can defend yourself and yeah. protect people. Exactly. Oh, right. So once again, intent is a very important piece of this. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going out with these things, with your intent is to like be a badass right. and be flex those guys and be better, yeah. that's going to be an issue. Yeah. So what you're probably going to have to do is, you know, you talk about the jujitsu journey. The jiu-jitsu journey, remember when you're like a blue belt and you are looking like you want to kick someone's ass, right? And then over time, you're like, dude, you know, uh, hey, if someone's been training longer than me, they're going to kick my ass. That's the way it works. And you're okay with it. You understand it. You understand that's how the world works. So the intent behind these things is very important. The intent of lifting weights and eating healthy and working out and working hard, the intent is to be a better person. I'll be a more capable person, be a more competent person. And if you truly become a more competent person, I think over time you'll get to a point where you feel confident enough to say, oh, well, she used to go out with these other guys, but you know, I'm here, I'm capable, I'm gonna take care of her, I can take care of her, I can protect her, I can provide for her, I can, I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I think all those things, if you start to genuinely feel those things, then you'll overcome this this uh, insecurities that it seems like you're dealing with. I don't know. That's where I'm at. Yeah. It's a journey. It's all yeah, that's where I'm at. Next question. Hello, Jocko and Echo. Recently, I failed to keep my composure. I was at work and I lost my cool. I'm aware I lost a lot of leadership capital because I argued with someone in front of everyone. I got upset and let my ego fly. My question is, how do you get leadership capital back after an event like this? I've owned it and apologized. However, I still got emotional and looked like a clown that not even I would want to work with. Oh, damn. Thanks. Ouch. Yeah. Um, Well, listen, uh, good job on the owning it and apologizing. That's like what you need to do. And then you got to recognize that this is going to be, you have to slowly rebuild this. Because if you really acted like that much of an idiot and really lost your temper, um, it's gonna, you're gonna have to rebuild it slowly. It's not gonna happen overnight. You're gonna have to rebuild trust. You're gonna have to rebuild sort of your, your reputation. 
And here's, speaking of what you were talking about earlier, Echo, what you gotta be careful of is in order to rebuild your reputation proactively, what you're gonna wanna maybe do is talk a lot. Mm. And I would recommend against that. Don't be trying to show how humble you are and how much, don't be trying to act and like see how calm I am right now. Mm -hmm. Just keep your freaking mouth shut. And and that's like step one. Mm -hmm. Step one is keep your mouth shut for the next like several months. (laughs) Several months. It's like a time of atonement you're gonna go through. (laughs) You're gonna have to reset. And the best way to reset is to is to erase. That's the best way to reset right now. It's to erase what they're thinking. What they're thinking is you're an idiot. You freaking lost your cool, and you run your mouth and you were yelling and screaming and acting like an idiot. Uh, the The opposite of that isn't explaining to them. The opposite of that is actually keeping your mouth shut. So I'd be quiet. Look, and I'm not talking about like when people say hi to you, you don't talk to them, or when people ask you a question, you give them a one-word answer. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about for the most part, as much as you can, you keep your mouth shut for the next several months. You're atoning for your shitty behavior, and and that's what I would do. You already apologized. You can't. You don't over apologize or apologize three times a week for the next. You know, hey. You, Let's move on, but let's keep the mouth shut for a while, rebuild the trust, take on some challenging projects, volunteer to help out whoever needs help. You got a little bit of a journey. That's what we're doing. That's crazy. Yeah, you gotta you gotta basically re it's like digging yourself like let's say you fell in a hole, you gotta oh, yeah. dig yourself back out. Like yeah. you can't just jump out. No. You know, it doesn't really work no. really. You gotta slowly but surely build the reputation of someone who doesn't lose their temper and argue with people because yeah. you got a big reputation yeah. now with the one incident or whatever. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Silence is golden. Consistency as well. All right, next question, Jocko Echo. I am a 22-year-old basketball coach and player in my local church league. Being super passionate about both coaching and with the game, I was asked by my church leaders to coach our team. I live in a college town, so everyone that plays in our league is roughly between the ages of 18 and 35. I'm, the, I'm at the gym almost every day, being dedicated and obsessed with improving in basketball. I often find it frustrating that others on my team aren't showing the dedication like I am. I have a solid group of guys on my team. I somewhat decent, oh, I'm somewhat decent at basketball, but I'm still one of the less skilled players on the team. Because of that, I find it even harder to tell the guys to come to practice and get some drills in. A lot of the guys only come during game day, and it frustrates me. When we play, it's like there are five of us playing one. Oh, there's five of us playing one on one against the other team. We lack teamwork. We still win a lot of the time, but I know for a fact that if we were all committed, we would become unstoppable. What advice do you give in regards to leading others that are same age as you? Or in my situation, older and more experienced than you. I know this is just church ball and I'm probably taking it way too seriously, but it means a lot to me. I want my team to succeed. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Um, <clears throat> well, <laughs> you, you are taking it too seriously, man. <laughs> seriously, you are taking this too seriously. It is church ball. The, the people that you're playing with, you're right. 
The people that you're playing with, these are people that have jobs and wives and kids and girlfriends and rent and mortgage. Like they got a bunch of stuff going on in their lives. Mm. And basketball, what basketball is supposed to be for them at this point is a way to have fun, hang out with their friends, get some good exercise, right? So you probably need to take a wrap off and chill out a little bit because these dudes are, you know, you're, 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 you're getting hyped. And you're getting frustrated. Um, so, let's take a wrap off. Let's try and make this thing into fun. Now, now, now that being said, this is just a leadership situation. So, what are you supposed to do in this situation? Well, build relationships with the people on the team. How do you build relationships? Trust, listen, respect, and influence. Listen to what they have to say. Uh, res- treat them with respect. Allow them to influence you. Put some trust into them. And as you do that, as you build relationships, you will, over time, gain more influence over them or with them, and that's gonna take time. And if you form a good relationship with one person on the team, and you know, I'm like, Echo, hey man, can you come a little bit early? Can you help me work on my you know, jump shot? And if Echo's my friend, and not just a player where I'm the coach, he might come in 10 minutes early and help me with my jump shot. He might run, come, come 15 minutes early and run some plays with me. And then Bill sees Echo and I, you know, doing it. And he's well, like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we just got here like a little bit earlier. We're just running. Oh. And then you play a little bit better. And you get a little bit of a reward from playing a little bit better. Maybe you win that game. In the clutch moment. Sure. And now people are having more fun. Because winning is fun. I will say that. Winning is fun. But that's what we're going to do. And you take small steps. Come 15, 20 minutes earlier than they normally do. Maybe come one one night a week. If anyone wants to come down, we're gonna run a couple of drills. Don't get all crazy with it. And some people aren't, some people literally are not gonna be able to do this because they have life commitments, mm-hmm. right? There's some people that are literally not going to make it to practice on Wednesday night because their daughter has a dance recital. They're not gonna be there. And so you can't be mad at them, man. It's church ball, bro. It's church ball. And by the way, why not? Why, you should go looking at maybe coaching a high school team. Become an assistant coach at a high school team where kids are fired up to play. A lot of times half that team will be fired up of a high school team. Maybe all of them. There might be one or two slackers on a high school basketball team. Everyone else might be freaking good to go. You want, they'll be pushing you to get your ass in there. So... Yeah, I, I mean, also, you know, there might be some kind of a men's league that's a little bit more serious, but you got to kind of find the right, the right atmosphere for your attitude, and you're not going to be able to change the attitude with a bunch of people between the ages of 18 and 35 that have a bunch of other things going on in their life. So, so as long as you're with the church team, keep having fun, keep doing your best, and maybe explore some other options that are out there and build those relationships and you can influence people and they'll start coming a little bit more often. But there are limitations. You know, I, I'm working with the, you know, the, the dang uh, brownie troop of my daughter when she's eight years old, you know? Mm-hmm. Am I like, all right, listen up. Yep. We're gonna get those badges. <laughs> We're gonna get the badges, mm. right? Sure. No, it's brownies, dude. This is a church group. 
appreciate your enthusiasm, but it's a church group. <laughs> yeah, that's smart, man. The or that advice where it's like he because no being passionate about any activity where most activities, especially if they're positive, whether it be competition, sports, you know, that kind of that's good. That's yeah, actually yeah. a good thing, but. If it's directed in the wrong place, it's not going to be good. You no. know, you're going to rub people the wrong way. People are not going to like that stuff. Basketball can be fun, though. Those leagues. Yeah, good totally times. fun. Basketball's awesome. Next question. I'm a project manager for a steel erector who's got a great team around them. However, I have a female coworker who tends to lash out at others when they make a mistake or cause any inconvenience. She's, very, she's a very hard worker, tenacious, detailed-oriented, reliable, and very smart. If I could get her to control her temper, she would make a great leader, but the lashing out costs her all of her leadership capital. Any ideas or suggestions on how I could help her con control her mouth <laughs> with the rest of the crew would be greatly appreciated. I don't want to fail on this one. P.S. Thank you for everything you do. Five years ago, I was strung out, weighed 155 pounds, and just a worker. Today, I'm in charge of big projects. Hit the gym every morning at 4 a.m., weigh 205, 62, by the way. 62205 and I've I've never been happier. I owe you guys so much and I can't thank you enough. I follow everything you do and put peanut butter milk is amazing. <laughs> My dad has cancer and struggles to eat, so I got him on the milk train too. He loves it. Thanks. Good PS right there. Yeah, no, that's a really good PS. And actually that PS ties into the earlier question, right? About like just think of this guy's whole life is different. Yeah. Right? I mean he started lifting, he hits the gym every day. Like, can you imagine the new this dude going out with a girl compared to the old this dude? There's two. This, that's a different animal. Mm -hmm. It's a different animal scenario. Yeah. So, um, so good job. Good job getting on the path. Good job staying on the path. That's awesome. That's outstanding to hear. We appreciate the feedback for the coworker, the female coworker. Uh, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. You need to build a relationship with her. You need to listen to what she has to say. You need to treat her with respect. You need to give her trust. You need to allow her to influence you. And as you do all those things, she will do them back to you. She will reciprocate. She will reciprocate, which means she'll listen to what you have to say. She'll start to trust what you say. She'll start to be influenced by you. And then you can start to move her in the right direction. Now, I'm gonna say you should, you, you need to utilize the indirect approach with this individual. And the clearest and the simplest way to utilize the indirect approach, in this case, is by just asking earnest questions. Although this is once you have a relationship built with her, and you gotta, you, you've gotta be the judge of what you're doing here because I'm not in your scenario. But to give you an example, you know, when she freaks out on somebody, you don't say, hey, Jessica, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have yelled at him like that. Mm -hmm. Instead, you're like, hey, Jessica, do you, do you think he actually meant to do that? Mm -hmm. You know, and she might be like, well, why else would he do it? Well, I mean, do you think he actually wanted to, you know, cause damage to that piece of equipment? Do you think he wanted to do that? Well, no. So when you're yelling at him, how, how do you think that impacts him? <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. like, or, or you say something like, hey, Jessica, you know what? Is, is, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Why? Well, I mean, you really lost it on Echo over there, and I'm just wondering if everything's okay because, I mean, he, he was a few minutes late, but you are yelling at him like it's the end of the world, and it, and if you're yelling all the time at everybody, 
then you just, you know, people kind of turn that off. They, they might stop listening to you. It's just something to be careful. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. if you can ask some indirect questions, that's going to be the best way to get her to, to move in the right direction. And look, she sounds like everything else is awesome, right? She's hard worker, tenacious, detail-oriented, reliable, very smart. Like, that's, that's great. So she's got a little bit of a temper problem. We need to build a relationship with her so that we can start to address that. Don't try and push it too hard, too advanced, too fast, because then you'll push her away. You need to chill out, Jessica. Hey, Jessica, you can't lose your temper. Hey, Jessica, this is making you look bad. Like those kind of things, she's going to get pissed off. She already has a freaking bad temper. Mm -hmm. But if you do this right, these will be conversations, two-way conversations. The more you can get her to talk, the better you're doing. The more you talk to her, the worse you're doing. Mm -hmm. You want her, you want the truth to be revealed to her through her, not through you. When you lose your temper, it makes you look bad. No, what you want her to say is, you know what? I really do need to control my temper. I think it makes me look bad. That's the goal. That's the goal. And, and you know, you little ego up too. You know, remember that little technique? Yeah, Jessica, you could be superintendent, you know? But I don't know what the boss thinks when he sees you yelling and screaming. I don't know what he thinks of that. You know, it's like little ego up with a little bit. Of, um, but this will be a campaign. People's tempers, they, they, they learn it, and it's hard for them to unlearn it. They can definitely do it over time with some good indirect input, and that's my recommendation. And with that, we appreciate you being on here. We appreciate what you are doing out there in the world. Uh, if you want to support us, first of all, thank you for supporting us on the underground. And you guys know the rest, man. JockoFuel.com, OriginUSA.com, EchelonFront.com, JockoStore.com. We got any other .coms I need to know about? Jocko.com. Jocko.com covers it all. There you go. Uh, appreciate y'all joining us on this domain of freedom known only as the underground. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko. Out.